There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Harvest Christian Center. I'm Dr. Foreman, and you're getting ready to hear an incredible message from God's Word. If this message speaks to you in a supernatural way like we believe it will, be sure to let us know at our website, harvestcc.me. If you're led to sow into the ministry of Harvest Christian Center, you can do so as well by visiting our website. Get ready to prepare your heart, mind, and spirit to receive this incredible Word that God has for you today. Remember, love God, love people, and love life. Let's go into the message already in progress. Really, that's all? That... Amen. Listen, we're going to go another further in that series today. Uh, don't forget, you can connect with us on the Twitter. I know a lot of people around here don't use Twitter, but if you just get one and make it, maybe just, I don't know, for just to connect with me or something. If you connect on the Twitter, don't forget, us, uh, forget about us on Facebook and YouTube and all of those things. Lift your Bibles as you're standing. We're going to get into the Word today. Uh, This series I'm really excited about because when you discover how you're gifted, you discover what you're here for. And the reason so many people make bad decisions in life is because they have no clue what they're here for. When you know your why, it determines what you'll do for your what. See, when you know why you're here, then it will determine what you do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say, I have a specific assignment. The reason... I was created. I was not created to be broke. I was not created to have dysfunctional relationships. I was not created to carry on generational curses. I was not created to be a mess. I was created to have a message. Let's get into this word today. Lift your Bibles. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message I'm about to receive. Remain standing if you will. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. I like songs that talk about how we're champions because sometimes you think that when you're a Christian, that means you don't have to go through anything. 
And the truth of the matter is, it's the exact opposite. You're going to go through some stuff, but the difference is, is you already know how the end of it's going to be. You didn't hear what I just said. You're going to go through some things, but you already know how the end of this thing is going to be. Ephesians chapter 4, get to verse number 11. You have it? Of course, we're in our spiritual gift series, as I already said. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he himself gave some, he himself there is referring to Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Uh, these five things listed here we call the five-fold gifts. Now, the truth is, pastor and teacher really uh, are, are really one and the same and really connected. But for purposes of modern theological construct, they're five. Verse 12. Now, here's why he gave those gifts. gifts. To equip y'all. The saints, look at everybody say, that's us. that's us, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Now, ministry here doesn't just mean church. It, it means to do God's work, Amen. which means you're doing God's work on your job. You're doing God's work in your family. You're doing God's work in everything you do. Amen. Look, so, so the first thing is to equip you then for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ. That's us too. Till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man or a whole man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer, watch this, be like kids who are tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. He, he, he's, just, he's making it a really elaborate and very demonstrative way of saying that when these gifts work uh, and you allow them to do what they're supposed to do in your life and to your life, you'll stop going from extreme to extreme. And you won't talk about one week you believing in the pyramids, and next week you believing in Buddha, and the next week, well, Jesus, all right. And then you're a Muslim, but you're saying Jesus' name when you finish praying. Well, well that happens be be because there hasn't been some proper equipping. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love. Well, who does that? Those five gifts mentioned. You can grow up into all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by whatever joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part, say, I have a part, by which every part does its share. Look to your neighbor and say, would you please stop making me do your part? Look at the other one and say, no, tell him, I'm serious. I'm serious. You have a part to play. Which causes the growth of the body for the building or the edifying of itself in love. God, speak in this house. This is your house. This is your place. We are your people. Speak to us in a way that we cannot deny when we leave from hearing this message that we've had an undeniable experience with you. We thank you that you are the God that makes us champions. We thank you that you are the God that equips us and builds us. You are not the God that's trying to beat us up and throw us down. You are the God that's trying to lift us up to the place you've ordained for our life. And I pray that every person under the sound of my voice that is this word word goes forth today that it would not just speak to their soul, their mind, their thoughts, their will, and their emotions, but it would be entrenched into the very being of who they are, into their spirits, that it speaks something that wakes them up in the middle of the night. It speaks something that would cause them to understand they're not just here to get a paycheck and eat some dinner, that they're here to do your work, and we're here to not just take sides, but God, you have sent us here to take over for your purposes, and we honor you for it in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, touch your neighbor and say, this is going to be good for us. This is going to be good for us. You can be seated. You are gifted. Say, I'm gifted. 
And God wants you to use your spiritual gifts to help change the lives of others. Now, in this series, uh, we, we have been showing you how to clearly identify, use, and maximize your gifts in every sphere of your life. What we've been talking about is not just stuff that will work in the four walls of the church, but it's stuff that's going to work in every sphere of your life. More importantly, you'll learn how to use those gifts to change the lives of others. Now say this with me. Say, God has a plan. I'm part of that plan. God wants to use me. Listen, I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what you've done. Please understand, God has not changed his mind about you. What you did did not make God think something less of you. God knew what you were going to do before you did it. That's why 2,000 years ago, he put Jesus up on that cross and said, pay the price for their sin because I refuse to change my mind about them. They may have had some delays, but baby, they're still not denied. They may have had some detours, but they're still not denied. They may have had some roadblocks, but baby, they figured out how to get around those things. God has not changed his mind about you. How about somebody say he hadn't changed his mind about you? Say you are gifted. Now watch this, watch this. We are, we're in this series right off the heels of the ghost series where we learned a lot about the Holy Spirit. And one of the things we talked about that the Holy Spirit does is that he gives gifts. Say he gives gifts. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. So we've done this series so that concerning your spiritual gifts, you will not be unlearned, that you will not be ignorant. Now, I want to recap a couple of things so we can all be on the same page together. It says uh, this, A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability to do God's work for God's glory. Say that with me. A supernatural ability to do God's work for God's glory. Now, we talked about the fact that spiritual gifts are normally categorized in three different groups, the motivational gifts, the manifestational gifts, and what's the last one? We're talking about it today, the five-fold gifts. Now, uh, remember, we taught uh, you through the motivational gifts, and we talked about those, and remember, we had you take the test. Y'all remember taking the test? Please tell me you have not already forgotten that you took a test a few weeks ago. You took a test, and when you came into that particular worship experience, we gave you one of our, I, I like the color teal. That's our color, and so this was the closest color teal we could get to our teal, so that's kind of, you see the whole correlation. I think that's cool. And then you see how the words on the, on the thing, they're teal too. And all. Okay, all right, okay. Okay, sometimes you got to point stuff out for folk because sometimes folk just don't see what's right in front of them. Now, remember, we, get, we gave you this empty box, and we said that this empty box was you and, uh, and that we gave you the opportunity to put your top five gifts inside of this empty box. Uh, and this was a representation of the fact that you are this empty box, and God gives you gifts. And then when you use those gifts, then you become a gift to others. Say, I'm gifted. I'm Say it again, I'm gifted. I'm Say it again, I'm gifted. I'm gifted. He said, Bishop, why do you keep having us repeat simple things? Because you'd be surprised how hard it is to get people to believe good stuff about themselves. You didn't hear what I just said. You'd be surprised how difficult for it is for people to believe good news. If somebody came up and told you you want a million dollars, you'd stay on down all kinds of ways. But now if somebody came up and told you something bad, you'd say, oh, that's probably true. Say, I choose, I choose to, believe to believe the good news. Now, there were nine gifts that our, our spiritual gifts test tested for and, uh, and that we gave you the, the, uh, the gift box at, uh, for to put those in. We talked about prophecy, which was a God consciousness. We talked about serving. Matter of fact, just holler at me. Where, where are all my prophecy people at? I know it's only like two of y'all. I don't even think he's here today. There was like one or two of them. Serving. Where are my serving people? That was your top gift. 
Those people are task-oriented. Where are my teachers at? Those people are truth-oriented. Where are my exhorters at? Those people are growth-conscious. Where are my givers at? Those people are stewardship-conscious. Let me just parenthetically insert right here because I know somebody that's maybe here for the first time is thinking, see, that's why I don't give to God because I don't have the gift of giving. No, 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 no. We're all supposed to give. We're all called to give. This gift of giving is a supernatural thing uh, in which God always has big harvests in store for people that know how to use this gift. So, so don't you think for one moment that, that see, see, that's why I don't do nothing for the Lord because I just don't have that gift. No, 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 no. This gift is above and beyond, but we're all supposed to give. Where are my administrators at? Y'all going to have to do better than that because y'all acting like just not the way it's going to work. Where are my administrators at? Wonderful, wonderful. And we talked about how administrators, that this particular gift is goal-oriented. Where are my evangelists at? Uh, this, these are proclaimers of the gospel. Where are my mercy people at? Oh. 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 These people are feeling-oriented. These are feeling-oriented people. We talked about that. And where are my pastor shepherds at? Wonderful. These are one who cares for a flock. So we tested for the presence of those gifts. We talked about some characteristics and cautions or pros and cons, if you will, of those gifts. And then last week we talked about the, mot- the manifestational gifts. These were the gifts where the Greek word was phanerosis, which means a flash or to make manifest or visible uh, what has been hidden. Uh, this, is a, this is a wonderful set uh, of gifts, the manifestational gifts, because they are not introducing something new. They are simply revealing something that's been hidden. And that's why some of these gifts include things like healing. Healing is not something God's getting ready to do. It's something that God has done that you need to manifest in your life. Do I have a witness? Miracles. Miracles are not something God is getting ready to do. They are something that God has done that we need to manifest. See, everything that is, God has already done. So if we don't see it in the earth realm, it's because it has not yet phanerosis. It has not manifested yet. But I think there's some people in this place that say... Well, I don't see it in the natural. Baby, I know it's happened for me in the spiritual. And I'm just waiting on God to flash and manifest. Who's waiting on God to manifest something marvelous in your life? Manifest a healing. Manifest a miracle. High five your neighbor and say manifest. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. It, it, it is. It is. It is a flash to manifest or make known that which has been hidden. And so the gifts we looked at that were the manifestational gifts, one of them was prophecy, to be God's spokesman to his people, both forthtelling and foretelling. We looked at word of wisdom. This is the understanding of why uh, things happen in life. We looked at uh, the word of knowledge. That was supernatural knowledge. That's where you can come into a worship experience and be told how tall y'all, uh, where you live, and what your cousin's name is and all that. You're trying to figure out how in the world would so-and-so know that. It's because God manifested a word of knowledge. It was there the whole time. He just manifested it. Then we talked about the gift of faith. Now, we're all supposed to have, and the scripture says we've all been dealt a measure of faith. Uh, think of it. Any card players in the room? It's okay. You, you can be honest. Any card players? Oh, see, look at y'all trying to tell you. Some of y'all, I saw them in your car when I was coming up to the church. I know you playing. You was playing poker out in the parking lot trying to get your tithes for the day. I know you were. I'm just messing. <laughs> 
Okay, so the dealer gives you some cards, right? So what we understand is, is that God deals to us a measure of faith. But there are certain times in life where the measure of faith that we have is insufficient for what it is that we have to believe for. And so sometimes it takes God to believe God. And so God lends you his faith and says, use my faith to help you accomplish and believe for what you don't have the faith for. You're not hearing what I'm saying. This is why some of you, you got big dreams and big plans and you don't even have a point of reference in your past to justify why you have that dream or that vision and your plan for your future. But God has lent you his faith. He's said, borrow my faith because it's going to take me in order to believe me for this. Okay, let me talk to somebody. Some of you, you don't have any millionaires in your bloodline, but you know that 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 you know on the inside of you, you were created not to just be a job worker, but you were created to be a job creator. And so you're saying, I don't have a point of reference for this thing, but I know that I know that I know that if I believe God, is there anything too hard for God? So God, what he does is he lends you his faith. He lends you his faith. He says, borrow mine. It's the gift of faith. That's, that's, and it manifests. And it gives you the ability to believe something where it takes him to believe him. Healing is to believe God to heal and to mediate that healing. Miracles, it's the gift to be God's instrument in supernatural activity. See, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to God doing some supernatural things. But so what are supernatural things? Supernatural things are things that are supernatural. <laughs> Above what is natural. Uh, See, it's natural for you uh, to sit down and figure out how to come up with how you're going to make your bills. Uh, But it's supernatural for God to say, I'm going to supply stuff from places you didn't even expect there to be a supply from. It's natural for you to consult your doctor, and you should. But supernatural says, God says, before you even go back and see him. Who am I talking to? It's natural for you to sit down and have a family meeting to work out your issues, and you should. But it's supernatural for that person to come to you and say, you know what? I was wrong. I've not been doing, I've not been doing this right the whole time. Would you forgive me? I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to God manifesting some supernatural stuff. It can't be explained naturally. The only way to explain it is but God. God, I wish I had some believers in this place. The only way to explain that thing is God did that thing. It makes no sense how you got that job. You're not qualified for it. You don't have the pedigree for it. But God, I wish you'd slap somebody high five and say, but God. It's supernatural. There's no natural explanation for it. Doesn't make sense. Supernatural that your children are going to college and it's paid for, yet you ain't saved a day for it in your life. Super, supernatural. <laughs> Somebody shout manifest. See, people still don't, don't believe sometimes that the supernatural is possible because we've been so wrapped up in natural. And when you get so wrapped up in natural mess, and natural circumstances and natural situations, you can sometimes have a difficult time believing that the supernatural is there. But for a moment, can we jaywalk through the chapters of your life? Uh, Can you look back on those times to where you can't even figure out how you made it through? You can't even figure out how you got out of that? 
you can't even figure out exactly how it is you didn't lose more than you did lose. You, you can't, who am I talking to? You can't even figure it out. You can't quantify it. Can I let you know that God's been manifesting the supernatural in your life more than you even knew? The fact that you're sitting in this worship experience today or the fact that you're watching online today is evidence that God is still manifesting the supernatural. Be seated. Watch this. We talked about the manifestational gift of the ability to distinguish or discern spirits. Let me uh, give you the layman's term on that. It just simply means to know what's really going on. You, you ever been in a situation and, 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 and you seem to be the only one that really knows? <laughs> Man, managers, any managers or supervisors or leaders? You, 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 ever, you ever been talking to an employee and, and, and discovered that they are in a, a distant universe or galaxy and you're thinking to yourself I don't know what it is you're even talking about but you just sit there and say oh okay great fantastic Bishop what are you trying to say this gift of discernment is the ability to know what's really going on see this gift of discernment is the ability to distinguish between something that's from God watch this and something that's evil. Now, you notice I didn't say from Satan. Uh, watch this, because something that is evil does not necessarily have need to uh, got its origin from Satan. Bishop, what do you mean? Come to Bible college, but let me just give you the short, the short and the, the long and short of it here. Here it is. Watch this. Watch this. The word evil in Hebrew means contrary to. There are things that appear in your life that are contrary to you. They're contrary to your forward progress. So you think of an evil and you think of demons and goblins and go. Oh, listen, you need to, you know, just set all that over here. Just set all that over here. Evil just means contrary to. And this gift of discernment gives you the ability to look at something and determine whether or not it's for you or it's contrary to you. Even if it has a Christian rapper on it. See, single folk, if you'd ask for this gift of discernment to manifest in your life, you'd, you wouldn't waste as much time as you do trying to figure out, is this the one, is that the one, is this the one, is that the one. When this gift manifests, you can look at it and be like, mm-mm, no. And they'll be like, why? You don't even know me. Say, no, I met you before. I, I met you before. I, I, I've seen you before. I know your spirit. I know that you are against me. And it's not, watch this, it's not that you're bad. It's just that you're bad for me. It's not that you're evil. It's just you're evil for me. Contrary to. This gift of discernment or the ability to distinguish spirits. This gift also gives you the ability to know when to just say, okay. Sometimes, watch this, watch this. Sometimes, especially parents, when you see this gift manifest, and, and you're trying to tell your, your, your young person, you're trying to tell your son, your daughter, you're trying to say, listen, I'm telling you, little Chris is bad news. I'm just using Chris as a random name. But if the shoe fits, let me cast that evilness out of you. And Jesus, now, okay, watch this now. And, and, you, and sometimes you're saying to yourself, listen, I know this, this kid is bad news, but they don't want to hear you. Ah, oh, dad, get off my back. Mom, I'm 13 years old. I'm 14 years old. Little Jimmy's parents let him do that. And then parents, and, you, and then you say back to your children, well, see, that's why little Jimmy act the way little Jimmy do. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Huh, I ain't care about what Jimmy's parents do. Come on, with the parents, don't y'all leave me hanging. But that's okay, students, because I know the students are like, Bishop, but get my mama. I'm going to get her in just a minute. I'm going to get your daddy, too. I'm going to get them all in just a minute. I'm an equal opportunity rebuke. I'm going to get them in just a minute. <laughs> now, 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 watch this. But sometimes, watch this, parents, you have to just sit back and say, you know what? I could intervene. But sometimes, parents, you realize you have to step back and say, you know what? You're just going to have to make this mistake and figure this one out for yourself. Where did that come from? It's the, it's the manifestation of discernment. Where discernment gives you the ability to know when to jump in, and discernment gives you the ability to know when to jump out. It says, no, that's not a battle. I'm going to fight. The next gift, the manifestational gift, uh, was the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And we talked about that extensively in the ghost series. We learned that there were three kinds of tongues. There were other tongues, which is what happened in Acts chapter 2, where God gave the people the ability to speak in another language for the purposes of spreading the gospel. We don't see the manifestation of that kind of tongue very often today because we live in what's a globalized economy. We live in a globalized world system, if you will, now. And so now you don't need to know how to speak Spanish. You can type it in Google. It'll tell you what to say. I was watching on, I was reading a magazine, I think it was uh, an entrepreneur magazine or enterprise, some kind of business magazine. They had an app where you could talk to the app and then the app would then say it in Spanish. And I said, well, you know what? Th- that's exactly what I'll do to start a Spanish campus. I'll just put the thing up to my mouth and say, you know, praise the Lord. Gloria a Dios. <laughs> and I'll just hold it up and it'll translate for me. Okay. All right. I'm the only one that's accepted that. All right. Second kind of tongues was unknown tongues. This is where uh, we, we sometimes call that the prayer language, or this is where your spirit is communicating with God's spirit because God needs to bypass your mind in order to get something accomplished because if you prayed for it in your native tongue, you wouldn't pray for it because of how great it was. So this unknown tongues, it bypasses your mind so that God in you speaks to God who is in and everywhere. And God in you speaks to God who is sitting in the throne, on the throne in the third heaven. God in you speaks to the God that rules and reigns everything. Uh, and, and, and God begins to commune with himself. It is where God prays for you what you won't pray for yourself. And we went through that in the ghost series, and, and uh, we talked about that. And then the third kind of tongue was prophetic tongues. You remember that? It is where there are unknown tongues, but somebody's interpreting. And when someone interprets, the Bible calls that prophetic tongues or edifying tongues, tongues that build. So remember, we talked about those manifestational gifts, right? Now, watch this. I wanted to review that very quickly because watch this. How you're gifted as we move forward today, how you're gifted reveals your assignment or the reason you were created. Say, I was created for a specific reason. Now listen, that specific reason always involves bettering the lives of other people. God never builds people to be reservoirs. God always builds people to be rivers. Bishop, what is the difference? A reservoir gets and it collects. A river, things flow through. You didn't hear what I just said. Most people want to be a success in life so they can get a bunch of things and look at all of the people that told them they couldn't do it and say, see, look at what I did. God says he's not interested in you having a glory show. God says what he's interested in doing is getting things to you because he can get them through you. And if he can get it to you and get it through you, then you're using your gifts. You're using and fulfilling rather your assignment. And the most miserable people on the planet are the people that do not fulfill assignment. They just do stuff. 
and they do this. And then in March, they want to be a nurse. And then in January of the next year, they want to be a teacher. And then the following year, they want to be this. And then the following month, they want to do this. And they want to do this. And people, most people live lives by, watch this, experiment and not by design. And the reason I think this series is so powerful is because when you understand your design, you can stop living by experiment. How much more heartache do you want to go through because you don't know what you're supposed to do? How much more pain do you want to go through because you have no... I'm just asking a question. How much do you want to go through because you don't know where you're supposed to go to? Say spiritual gifts. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 I'm reading New Living says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. And when you make a decision to give yourself away for the glory of God, he can use you in one of the seven spheres of society. You've heard me say this a million times, so guess what? I'm going to say it a million and one. They are family, media, spirituality, or the church, arts and entertainment, government, education, and business. Now, guess what? You are already working in one of those spheres. Now, you're in church because I see you. You got that? But now, you're already operating in one of those spheres where God says, when you use your gifts in those spheres, you're going to become a gift to every place that you're at. You want to be the kind of employee to where when you leave, people are sad about it. Not when you leave, folks are like, God, I'm so glad they're out of here. What took you so long to get rid of them? Jesus of Nazareth. And managers and supervisors, you know what I'm talking about. Because you know there are some employees, when they tell you they're leaving, you're like, oh, okay. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Say, I'm gifted. Now, now, each week in this series, I told you there was going to be a gift for you, and we've given you a bunch of different things throughout the series, but today's gift is a testimony about how this series and how uh, has it impacted a person's life in their workplace, and uh, this is reflective of so many of the testimonies we receive, but listen to this. It says, Bishop, I had my evaluation at work yesterday. I wanted to let you know that the spiritual gifts are in full effect at work. Doing the whole, uh, and this person operates in, uh, in health care and things like that. During the whole hour, my manager stated she could not find anything for me to reach towards excellence on because I consistently demonstrated. She even thanked me for having my paperwork in order since very few had done this. My manager said, I'm a problem solver and I don't pass the buck. That sounds like this person is being a gift. Somebody's going to get this thing. Somebody's going to get it. It's all right. It says, it says, I make things happen and, and uh, that I am influential by just being there. It's not crazy, but I just did not see it until it was brought to my attention. My gift to you today is bringing it to your attention that somewhere, somehow, somebody's looking at you and the example you set and the way you use your gifts is making a difference. Touch your neighbor say, you are making a difference. All the recent teachings and explanations given by Bishop are working in my life. I can see the fruit. Thank you for taking the time to make me better than what I thought I could have even been. Somebody say, that's a gift. Somebody say, that's a gift. Now, let's get into this. We're going to get into this very quickly, the fivefold. Remember this as we, before we get into the fivefold. Remember that spiritual gifts aren't just natural talents, okay? So, singing is not a gift. It's a talent. Do you understand that? Okay, and other things, because I see all kind of things. Peace is not a gift. It's a command. 
Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Love is not a gift. It's a choice. It's not an emotion. If your love is an emotion, no wonder why you got so many lovers. Y'all ain't going to say nothing? You ain't going to say nothing. All right, fine. Now, I don't just mean uh, in terms of dating and things like that. You, you can have all kind of things going on. Okay? All right? Uh, uh, spiritual gifts aren't just given to an elite few. There are just not, not a few people that God gives to. The Scripture says that he's given everyone a gift to serve one another. Spiritual gifts are not the fruit of the Spirit. See, that's where things like patience and, uh, and things like this come into play from Galatians chapter number 5. Spiritual gifts are not something to fear. You shouldn't be scared of spiritual gifts. That's why I took the time to teach you and to explain them. So as we begin to see things like healing and miracles and, and all of those things manifest, you won't be afraid of it. People fear what they do not know or understand. Amen. That uh, is, quite frankly, that's the, that's the origin of every kind of prejudice and racism or whatever that there is. That comes because there is a misunderstanding or there is a perceived understanding that's an incorrect understanding. Spiritual gifts are not a sign of spiritual maturity. Some of the most immature and undisciplined people are some of the most gifted people. You ever looked at somebody and said, you're so smart, you're stupid. Yeah. Now, let's pull that analogy over. Let's pull that analogy over to spiritual gifts. Just because you flow in spiritual gifts doesn't mean that you're spiritually mature. Uh, it, it, the Corinthian church, where we're learning about many of these gifts, the Corinthian church was a place to where they were very carnal. Uh, they acted crazy. Matter of fact, when Paul wrote them, Paul was like, listen, do y'all want me to come with a belt? He said, a rod. He said, I can come whooping. Now, let me translate. Uh, whooping is a southern colloquialism, <laughs> which means spanking in Denver. But it means to be done with an instrument. Okay? So, so, so a whooping, a whooping uh, you know, might be done with a belt. Now, I'm not uh, advising you to do anything that violates local, state, and federal laws. Uh, but a whooping could occur with a belt. It could occur with an iron cord. Okay, some of y'all know nothing about the iron cord. Uh, uh, some of y'all know this one. It could occur with a switch. Now, some of y'all say, Bishop, what is a switch? The light switch? No, 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 no. A switch is... A little, a, little, a little mini branch off a tree that's real thin. And uh, in the South, they'd make, you go, they'd make you go cut your own switch. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. All the Denver people are like, I don't know anything about that. I had time out. I had time out. I don't know anything about that. I put my nose in the corner. I don't know what you're talking about. Switches, I don't know what you're talking about. Switches, like when a car goes up and down, Bishop, I don't know what you mean. What you mean? Okay. Paul said to him, he said, I can come to you and I can put a whooping on you. Or Paul said, I can come to you in, in love and peace. What do you want me to do? Paul said, I hear that there are crazy things going on with y'all. Paul said, now you're gifted. He said, but y'all are acting crazy. So don't think that spiritual gifts or using your gifts means that you're spiritually mature. It doesn't mean that you're not, but it doesn't mean that you are. Spiritual gifts are not titles and positions. You can be gifted without a title and position, and you can be in position and have a title and not be gifted. Okay. Spiritual gifts are not for show. They're not for your glory. They're for his glory. Do we understand that? All right, now let's get into the fivefold gifts. We're going to get to this real quick, all right? Uh, three of the gifts that we're going to cover today, our test is already tested for. And I want to say this. You'll notice that some gifts appear in multiple categories, which simply means that the gift can appear or manifest in more than one specific or particular way. Okay? You understand that? 
All right. So it, it just means that the gift, if it's in multiple categories, uh, for example, we see prophecy in a couple of different categories. We see apostle, that gift listed in a couple of different places. It just means that that gift can manifest in more ways um, than what we could limit them to from a categorical uh, designation. Now watch this. Five-fold gifts. Say five-fold. five-fold. Put up a five. Put up a five. Everybody five. Five dollar foot long. Five dollar foot long. Okay, five dollar. Okay. Now watch this. Watch this. Five-fold gifts are about doing the work, not seeking a platform. That's very important to understand because sometimes people, they'll test in these gifts and then they'll get these gifts and all of a sudden they want a platform. They say, Bishop, I I want a a platform. Well, but are you doing the work? Somebody say, do the work. Okay, now, now, uh, second, and and I want you to see this. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 4 very quickly. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Y'all all all right? Say, I'm gifted. gifted. Say it like you mean it. I'm gifted. 2 Timothy chapter number 4, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, and uh, get down to verse number 5, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 5. It says this, but you be watchful. Now, this is the apostle Paul talking to his spiritual son, Timothy. He says, but you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions. Watch this. Say it with me. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry or service. Okay? Now, what did he tell him to do? Do the what? Work. He did not say evangelist Timothy. He said, you do the work, Timothy. Timothy's office, for those of you that, that, that are gifted a bit in ecclesiology, Timothy's office, he was the bishop of Ephesus. So his office was a bishop, but, it's, but, but, but Paul told him, do the work of the evangelist. Use the gift of the evangelist. Okay, Bishop, why are you telling us that? Because I don't want you, as we're learning these, to get oriented with titles and positions. I want you to get oriented with function and work. Say function and work. Okay, there's nothing worse than somebody that gets a supervisory title that thinks that means they don't know they no longer have to work. Come on, some of y'all don't look at me like that. Some of y'all, you have people now that when they were at the same level you were, they worked hard, they showed up early, they were the last ones to leave, and all of a sudden they got this manager in front of their name, and now all of a sudden they walk past up and say, Call maintenance and have them come pick that up. Maintenance? Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, now let's get to these real quick. There are five gifts. Put your hands up. I want you to, this is how you remember it. Put your thumb up for me. Put your thumb up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Here we go. Here we go. This is the gift of the apostle. Say the apostle. apostle. Why? The apostle is the foundation. It's the foundation. Now, it's okay. You can point, point. Do it like this. It's like you're aiming a, uh, a uh, super soaker. <laughs> All right. This is the gift of the prophet. Okay, why is this the pointer finger? Because this gift often deals with bringing correction. Okay, the next finger, go ahead and throw it out. That's the evangelist. That's your long finger. That's the gift that is reaching out. Put your next finger up. That's the pastor. The pastor is married to the church. Who's the church? The people. The pastor is married to the people. All right, and not not literally. (laughs) Just, Just for... Point of clarification. And the last, and your, and your pinky. Okay, your pinky is the gift of the teacher. Why? Because everybody needs a pinky. No, no it's, it's because this helps you to get a good grasp of things. You will not be able to grasp things uh, as securely without all of your fingers together. These five things make up the five-fold gifts. Now, check this out. In the Scripture, when it talks about the hand of God, these five gifts, when they work together, become the hand of God. So that's why the scripture says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. What was he saying? Humble yourself under the leadership that God has set in your life. 
That's his hand. You understand that? All right, let's look at the first gift, the apostle. That's your thumb. The Greek word there is apostolos. It means one who is sent. Literally, it means one who's from the fleet. One who's from the fleet. Uh, this, coincidentally, is how uh, I am gifted. This particular gift flows in multiple five-fold giftings. This gift is the foundation. This gift is a gift where mysteries are revealed to. See, this gift has the ability to find on accident what you can't find on purpose. This gift is a pioneer. This gift, watch this, has the ability to make something from scratch. That's what you're sitting in today. You're sitting in the manifestation of that gift at work. Six and a half years ago, there was no harvest. Six and a half years ago, there was scratch. A little bit less than scratch. It was like itchy and scratchy. Do you understand what I'm saying? And this gift gives the ability to pioneer something. This gift, you can set this gift. Now watch this because remember this gift appears in multiple categories, right? This gift has the ability to be dropped into nothing and somehow rise up out of the nothingness of what you were dropped into and create something. That's what some of you have done in your lives. You, 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 you didn't have anything. You were able to step into nothing and something to be derived. Got it? This gift uh, in the church, this gift planets churches, and this gift trains and raises up leaders. And that's what you see indicative even in our core values as a church about making disciples and, and raising up leaders. The next gift is the prophet. Now, I, I like it because I like the imagery of the prophet as like the, like the super soaker because, because check this out. Sometimes this gift can shoot first and ask questions later. Sometimes. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. This particular gift uh, <clears throat> is the Greek word prophetas, uh, which means it's a person gifted at expositing divine truth. Exposit, ex out of, posit, to put into. It brings out and it puts into divine truth. Now, this gift can also sometimes manifest as a fourth teller. And sometimes in the scripture, particularly in what we call the Old Testament or the Pentateuch, sometimes this gift manifests as a seer. A seer. You understand that? Again, we're just going to cover them real, real, real basically today um, so that you get a good working knowledge of what they do. So that as you begin to see them manifest over the next few weeks and months, you'll understand and be like, oh, okay, that's what that is. Okay? Sometimes what happens in the realm of church is, is we do stuff and then explain it later. But the problem is, is you create confusion, and God's not the author of confusion. Y'all hear what I'm saying? All right? The next gift, the evangelist. Okay? Evangelistas in the Greek. It means a bringer of good news. Now, this one, I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Go to Acts chapter 8. I want to show you something. I want to show you something about this particular gift. I want to take you, and I want you to see this gift in action. I want you to see this gift in action. Acts chapter number 8, and I want you to get down to verse number 5. Acts chapter number 8, verse number 5. Now, we're getting ready to read about a man whose name is Philip. Say Philip. Not Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince, but Philip. Uh, we're getting ready to read about this man named Philip. Now, Philip was made a deacon in Acts chapter 6. Deacon just means a servant. He was, he was given ser specific servant responsibilities in the church. Now, uh, in this particular passage, he's doing the work of the evangelist. Y'all ready to see it? Acts chapter 8, verse number 5. You got it? Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he preached Christ to them. Got it? He's bringing what to them? Good news. Verse 8. And there was great joy in that city. 
Now notice, it didn't say everybody got healed. It didn't say everybody that was possessed got unpossessed or got delivered from possession. But what happened is when Peter did the work of the evangelist, or excuse me, when Philip did the work of the evangelist, there became joy in the entire city because people finally got news that they weren't stuck in their current predicament. I'm here to tell you that the reason God has sent you to this house for this time and for this season is because there's some people around you that need some good news. And the good news they need is that they don't have to be stuck in the predicament and in the situation that they're in. And you don't need a license to go tell somebody the good news. Baby, when you see them tomorrow at work, tell them you ain't got to go out like this. When you see somebody at their cubicle crying, you walk over to them and tell them, listen, I don't know what you're going through, but I know God can bring you through it. Do you know? (laughs) Philip got a whole city riled up because he did the work of this gift. He told people good news. Listen, listen. You going around telling people you're going to hell. 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 Now, Bishop, why'd you do it like that? So you can see what it sounds like when you say it. It is the goodness of God that brings men into repentance, the scripture says. Now, that doesn't mean we don't tell people the truth. Certainly not. No, we tell the truth, but we tell the truth in love. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Touch your neighbor and say, somebody, their joy is waiting on you to give them good news. Last two gifts, last two gifts, and we're done. The pastor, the pastor. Remember, that's the ring finger. Uh, in the Greek, it is the word pomen, uh, which means a shepherd, a feeder, a protector, or a leader of a flock of men. In the Hebrew, it is the, the word pakad, P-A-Q-A-D. That word has a little bit more demonstrative meaning. That word means to be hostile towards in a corrective fashion. Uh, In the scripture, um, the shepherd uh, would have the shepherd's staff, and the shepherd's staff, uh, at one end it had a hook, and the shepherd would use that when one of the sheep began to start to wander somewhere they didn't need to wander. And at the bottom, it was very firm. It was very firm because uh, sometimes the sheep would get their own will and their own mind. And so sometimes the shepherd would have to look at the sheep and say, you think you know what you're doing, but you have no clue. Okay, y'all don't want to say that because I know we live in the, in the Beyonce generation where all my ladies are independent, throw your hands up, happy. I don't need nobody to tell me nothing. I understand all that. But the truth of the matter is, is that if you knew what you were supposed to do, then God wouldn't have created leadership. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said? If you knew everything, then God would, then God would have not created leadership. God created leadership so that you can be led in the places that you don't even know you need to go. So at the bottom, at the bottom, at the bottom, at the bottom of the shepherd's staff, it would be firm because sometimes the shepherd would use it and he, boop, he break the legs of the sheep. Because sometimes the sheep would start wandering, doing stuff it wasn't supposed to do, and the shepherd would bring it over and say, come here, come here. And the sheep would come, you know, the sheep would come over and the shepherd would be like, I don't want to hear all that. And the shepherd would just take it. He'd bring it from behind his back and he'd just pop, break the legs. He'd break the legs and say, listen. Until your will is broken, you'll never be a productive part of the body. And somebody needs to hear that today. Until your will is broken for your life, God's never going to be able to do anything great in your life because you're still trying to be in the driver's seat. What you got to do is say, God, break my will, break my legs. Let me get over here in the passenger seat and let me let you do the driving. 
Last gift is that of the teacher. That of the teacher. It is the Greek word. I'm just going to spell it for you for my note takers. D-I-D-A-S-K-A-L-O-U-S. Didaskolos. Didaskolos. Didaskolos, didaskolos, didaskolos. It means a master instructor. It means a master instructor. So you can never be a good shepherd unless you're a good instructor. Because what is it that you can instruct the people? Uh, how are you going to lead the people if you can't instruct the people? Now, some of you are saying, Bishop, this is all great, wonderful stuff to know. I got something to do when I get in my car. Okay, I got all that. Okay, but what does this have to do with my life? There's, 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 there's five things that these gifts do for you, and I'm going to give them to you very quickly. Number one, you are equipped to do life. That's why it's good to be in church. Why? Because you're being equipped from God's hand to do life. He says, for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. Ministry just means God's work there generically. It's the same where we get serving from. It means to do life. You'll learn how to do life better when you learn how to do life God's way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The second thing we discovered that these gifts do for you is that you're going to be built up. There's enough stuff in life that's beating us down to where you ought to want to be in a place where you can be built up. Third thing that these gifts do is you will mature. Now, here's the deal. You don't get to measure your maturity. Your maturity has to be measured from one that is more mature than you. That is like a fifth grader graduating themselves and saying, I believe I'm qualified to matriculate to the sixth grade. I know five and five. I know five times five. I know five divided by five. I'm ready. That's, okay, I'll leave that alone. I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. alone. You will mature. Say, I'll mature. That means grow. That means that if you'll stick into this thing and you'll allow God to speak to you and you'll stay plugged in and rooted in church, because remember, these gifts flow through the church, these particular ones. If you'll stay rooted and grounded in church, hear me, what's going to happen is you'll look back on your life and say, wow, had this happened to me last year, had this happened to me a couple of years ago, had this happened to me back then, you'll be able to see your own growth. Last two things. You won't be deceived easily. (laughs) Anybody ever been deceived? Anybody ever been lied to? Anybody ever been sold a bill of goods? Anybody ever been hoodwinked and bamboozled? (laughs) How do you feel when that happens? Huh? I was watching on 2020 last night. There was this guy who had like five different women like all over England. And, uh, and, and he would tell them all kind of stuff. He'd make up elaborate stories. He told one his father had died in a war and all of this and all that. And, you know, she, she, she had the gift. She, she started getting it later on. She got the gift of distinguishing spirits, you understand? And uh, so she went to the phone bill, you understand? And uh, she saw a number on there. She called a number, and she dialed a number, and, and, and a man answered, and, and, and she was like, well, who is this? He said, well, I'm so-and-so's daddy. He said, well, he told me you were dead. He said, don't you believe a thing my son says? He's a pathological liar. What's the point I'm making is that when these gifts are allowed to help build you and edify you and mature you, you won't be deceived by stuff easily anymore. When somebody comes up and tells you something crazy that they say, oh, the Bible says this, you'll be like, no, it doesn't. 
No, it don't say that. People say, God says you should do this. No, he didn't. No, no, he didn't. No, you can take that downstairs to somebody that, can't be, that can be deceived easily. But I've been taught well, so I can't be deceived easily. Last thing that this gift does, and we're through, last thing that these gifts will do is you will be inspired to do your part. You will be inspired to do your part. And this is where we started talking when we read the verse in Ephesians chapter 4. You have a part to play. And I, and, and I hope that you hear my heart. Your part to play is greater than just coming to church. Touch your name and say it's greater than that. It's greater than that. That's good. And if that's where you're at in your walk to where you're just starting to come, praise God for that. We're excited for you. We're glad to see you. But I got to tell you, at some point you're going to have to graduate from just coming to where you start doing your part. And the Bible says when everybody does their part, the body grows and it builds itself in love. Could you imagine if we didn't have to pump and prime people to do God's work, what we'd be able to do for our community, what we'd be able to do for our city, what we'd be able to do for our state, what we'd be... The reason there's still homeless teenagers on 16th Street Mall is because out of the 1,800 churches in the Denver metro area, too many people aren't doing their part. Oh, y'all don't want to say nothing to me. The reason we've still got single mothers struggling in our city is because too many people won't do their part. The reason we got homeless people in our city is because too many people won't do their part. Oh, but I believe there's some people in this house. I said, I believe there's some people in this house that are raising up and saying, I'm going to do my part. Everybody's standing on your feet. Father, we thank you for your word today. We honor you for your word today. We bless you, God, for the gifts that you've given. Father, these simple five benefits that come when people will commit to being faithful and consistent. Because these fivefold gifts, they flow right here in the church. They're edified. They're built up. That's why when they miss church, they can feel it. They can see it. But Father, today I pray that you'd speak to the spirit of every person under the sound of my voice. Those here and those on the internet campus. To know, Father, that you've created them to do their part. And it doesn't have to be something big and glamorous. It could be something simple. But when they do their part, when they do their part, great things happen. Just like that testimony we read, that, that person's influencing the whole hospital. Because they're taking what they learned here and putting it into practice out there. That's how you take over. That's how you take over. That's how you do God's work. Bow your heads with me. Father, speak to the spirit of every person that needs to respond to the call I'm getting ready to make. Father, we thank you that your word is so awesome that it can take even a teaching and a series like what we've been in and customize it and tailor make it in such a fashion that people would respond to the greatest gift that they can receive, which is the gift of eternal life. The gift of salvation. What are we being saved from, Bishop? From ourselves. <laughs> That's what we're being saved from. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're in this worship experience today or online and you do not know Jesus, you've never confessed Jesus as Lord, you've never received him, you've never become a Christian, today is your day to do that. You might say, Bishop, but I still got some questions. I still wonder about this. I still wonder about this. I still wonder about this. I wonder about this. Guess what? Come to God with your questions and I can tell you, you're going to get you some answers. You don't get in your car after only discovering how every part of the engine works. You trust that the maker knew what they were doing. Don't wait to get every question that you have answered. 
before you respond to Jesus. Trust that the maker knew what he was doing. And I guarantee you he'll answer your question. Secondly, if you're in this place or online today or however you're hearing this word today, and if you've given your life to Jesus before, but you've fallen away from him, you've started doing your own thing, and you need to rededicate yourself to him, I got great news for you. He's standing with open arms ready to receive you. He's not mad at you. He's not going to beat you up. He's not going to throw you down. He's not going to put you down. I'm here to tell you, he's going to lift you up and give you a reason to exist. Bishop, you don't know the mistakes I made. You don't know, you don't know what I did. You don't know who I did it. Well, you're right, I don't, but I know what he did. And I know who he did it for. He did it for you and for me and for the person next to you and for the person that's going to be sitting next to you next week and the person that's going to be sitting behind you three weeks from now. He did it for all of us. And today, if you need to receive and come back to the Lord, rededicate yourself to him. Today, you can do that. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, why do you have us do that, Bishop? Because somebody next to you is getting ready to make a decision that's going to affect their eternity. And we don't want them thinking that you're going to judge them. And guess what? They're not going to judge you because at Harvest, we're not going to, we're not going to beat you up or put you down. We're going to love you to life. Do you hear what I'm telling you? If you need to give your life to Christ or rededicate for the, on the count of three, wherever you're at, I want you to throw your hand up. Don't you be ashamed. Don't you, be, don't you be, uh, uh, feel depressed. Don't you feel guilty. Don't you feel any of that. Feel like right now in this moment, things are getting ready to turn around in your life. If you need to become a Christian or rededicate yourself on the count of three, throw that hand up. One, two, three. Throw that hand up if that's you. I see 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 you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want everybody in this place with your hands lifted, say this to me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for how good you are. I believe the Bible that teaches me that 2,000 years ago, you paid the price for my sins. Not only did you do that, you paid the price so I could have an abundant life. By this confession and by this belief, if this is my first time praying this, I am born again. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. I declare I am gifted. There's something I'm supposed to do in the earth that you created me for. Today is the beginning of the greatest days of my life. In Jesus' name. If you believe that, would you just give God a shout? I said, would you give him a shout? Bishop, I don't like to shout. Would you just do it one time for Jesus? Would you just one time for, hey, glory. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, in just a moment, we're going to give you some, some instructions to follow. But as you take your seats quickly, would you hug two or three people around you and tell them you need this CD? Tell them you need. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.